Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, it's 105 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from the south side of Edmonton in the humble Stoffer abode. And uh, Brendan... Scott is at the 630 Chad Studios. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Again, brought to you by Digitex. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex want to wish you and yours all the best during these challenging, uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, keep texting us. We're getting lots of texts with lots of different perspectives all over the political spectrum. Um, we have people saying, I want my hockey back. we got to find a way to get through this. And others saying, no chance. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063 or Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors has been winning, uh, providing winning results for over 35 years. To our Oilers Now headliner today, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Pleased to be joined uh, back on Oilers Now by... Uh, one of the good guys in the business to deal with. He heads up one of the largest agencies in the National Hockey League. He is Edmonton-based, former Western Hockey League player, Jerry Johansson. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. How are, you know, as a guy that, uh, the sports corporation, how many players would you guys have between the NHL and maybe, you know, minor pro and, and then the junior kids you have, you got to be in contact with literally, you know, I don't know, 70 to 100 uh, uh, players alone. Yeah, that that'd probably be about right. Yeah, we're, we're, if you count all the guys we have from in our whole pipeline, I would say you're probably pretty close. Yeah. It's a lot of phone Is- calls. A lot, of, and I mean, do you have to? Are are you constantly sort of in touch with your uh, with your guys, letting them know what's going on, or to the best of your knowledge? And uh, you know, do you provide as an exam? You know, for the junior kids, I mean, you might have a couple junior guys whose careers at the junior hockey level are over, and now they have to decide: are they going to sign a minor pro contract? They're going to go to school. I mean, it's 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 not. They're not all Carey Price and Ryan Getzlaff and Colton Pareko. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. No, we're pretty much in every aspect of, the, of that of that of that pipeline. So we're we push our, our young guys hard to go to the Canadian University system unless they're getting a really good deal in the NHL. Or uh, you know, we've got young guys. We just had the Bantam draft, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of last week. So yeah, we, we it's, it's it's pretty dynamic. We've got a lot going on on sort of every front, and uh, and we and we, again with players, you're, you're busier with certain players at certain times. And, we're keeping in touch with all of them, but it kind of comes in waves. You know, there's, you know, the Bantam draft last week was a big deal. And obviously with the NHL talking about getting back to business, that'll become a big deal here once we get some more certainty. All right. Well, let's look. This show's called Oilers now. And, uh, you know, uh, we could all, we could all use, we could all use a positive, but we also have to be pragmatic. Um, what's your take on, you know, the players that you talk to, and the players that are your clients, where's their headspace at with this in terms of potentially returning? And I'm not saying returning May 15th, but I might be saying returning 
July 15th. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Well, I think, you know, they're pretty much like everybody. I think I think the biggest problem we have is just uncertainty. I don't even think it's this uh, stupid virus even. It's just the uncertainty around everything. So I think as time goes by, you know, things are going to gonna have more testing. And, they're, you know, people are going to adapt to this and how they run their business. And, and everyone's going to have more information. So I think as we get the certainty level rises, I think, you know, people will get more and more comfortable with it. And I think that's where our players are at. Like, you know, their their creatures have had, but their schedules really haven't changed much in their entire life as in regards to, in regards to hockey. So, you know, now we're talking about when we shut hockey down. Now they, you know, they may be back playing, finishing a season in the summer. <laughs> so, you know, in the scheme of the world, it's not a very good problem because people have much bigger problems than that. But it it's just a short tier system in terms of of what's normal. So I think all of them will adapt once we figure out you know what is the plan and how we're going to execute it. Um. You said they're creatures of habit. Well, they get the off-season off, you know. Now, a lot of them are, we should state this, most players today, Jerry, basically take no more than three weeks to a month off a year. Is that correct? Yeah, it's shocking how hard these guys work all year round. It's really changed over 20 years. Like, the the intensity level for these guys as pro athletes is incredible. They're they're really focused in the summer, and, and by the time fall hits, they're itching to get going. Uh, they're, they, they're getting stir-crazy. So, yeah, they're pretty wired all year round. So right now, basically what's happened here is they know they're not going to be, you know, up and going here between, say, now and, you know, May 21st. So for a lot of guys, this is kind of the downtime. Where do you think, you know, if they were if they were told, if they were asked, look, because the NHL is going to need partnership with the NHLPA, if they can get the go-ahead, theoret- and there's no guarantee that happens, but if they can get the go-ahead to theoretically uh, restart the season, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think that like, it's such a big issue for the whole world. Like, you know, so I think once we get a plan that, that you know, that we can all communicate on and uh, something a little more firm, because even now, I mean, you're hearing more and more about restarting the season, but it's still, I think, a work in progress. So I do think that, you know, they're obviously working on this 24-7. But I think once we get a, a more solid plan and, we, and then there's, you know, we've got all the sort of the safety protocols for the players and the, and the management, trainers, and media, and everybody that's going to be involved, I think it'll be a lot easier to wrap our brain around and, and guaranteed they're working on that. It's just going to take time to, to really have a, have a plan in place. And then I think the guys, you know, it'll be weird, but I think the guys are warriors, man. I think, you know, if we come up to that position, they'll all be back in action. Yeah. Uh, do you follow, uh, you know, I, I know you got uh, a whole sort of Finnish division, um, and you got to stay in contact with those guys as well. I mean, I watch what happens in international soccer because it could potentially affect things, and I also watch what happens in the NBA because the NHL often moves the needle when the NBA does, like when they elected to shut the year down. Today, uh, La Ligue 1 and 2 in France announced the cancellation of the season. Uh, that has not occurred yet with La Liga in Spain. Bundesliga in Germany, and Germany has tested a lot and tested well, and Angela Merkel has you know, received a lot of international credit for how she's handled things. They've, I'm pretty sure they're doing small, smaller team uh, sort of things. So even internationally, you have different leagues. Like, you know, Paris Saint-Germain plays in La Liga. That's, you know, they've got some of the wealthiest athletes on the planet, and they're shut down. And conversely, you know, Bayern Munich in Germany, 
they're out there starting to starting to ramp her up a bit. So it, it shows you the diversity out there. But do you do you do you get tipped off by maybe the NBA as an example and the fact that they have started to you know invite some players back into some of their respective markets that have, are a little bit further along with COVID than some other markets are at this stage. Yeah, I think so. I think we're pay, sort of paying attention, like you just said, to everything that's going on, trying to get some direction and see what works. And But, I mean, at the end of the day, pro sports is coming back at some point, you know, so that's a fact, whether it's, you know, whenever that is. And somebody has to try it, you know, I think. And I think some sports, you know, like, you know, operating the NHL with no fans and you know, with a television revenue coming in, it, it might make sense, you know. So I think it just depends on the sport and the political climate and, and you know, just all those things. I think it's pretty pretty diverse group, even in sports. So, But, uh, but yeah, I think everybody's sort of paying attention to see what, uh, you know, how this is all going to unfold. And, and certainly other sports are, are an indicator. Uh, Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. Jerry, is it incumbent upon the NHLPA to work with the NHL to rebuild the business when we do it? Do you get back? Because I, I think you're seeing firsthand. I, I know you got a lot of friends here in town in other businesses that have been really hurt by this. Um, we're not going to come back to the same NHL when we do indeed come back. No, it's going to be tough. Yeah, we're going to have a year or two for sure of of, of, of difficult times. But you know what? So is everybody. You know. So um, yeah, for sure, we're going to need to work together. I mean, I mean, I really like Don Fear. What he's doing with the PA, I I think he's the right guy for to to guide us through this. I mean, historically, our, our collective bargaining has been pretty adversarial. You know, it's uh, compared to other sports. I don't think anyone can touch what we've done in the NHL. You know, in terms of the you know, last twenty years. But uh, hopefully this is a chance because again we have no choice we're going to have to work together but hopefully we embrace that and and can really come up with a good solution moving forward and um you know like i said i, I i'm optimistic so um hopefully we can we, we have to work together there's no gray area there and hopefully we can do it in a way that uh, you know makes the game stronger once we get through this big difference between you know having two lockouts and straight on adversarial nhlpa versus nhl and this situation here with the pandemic, isn't it? Oh, completely. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I remember CBA pain was all self-inflicted. Like it's us versus them. You know, if you get a dollar, I don't get a dollar. Sort of what you consider maybe normal negotiation. But this is so much bigger. I think it. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to work together and figure out a, a longer-term plan out of this. You know, obviously it's going to come in stages. Um, and then, then there's all the uncertainty no matter what we do about what's going to happen in the next two hockey seasons, let's say. But yeah, for sure we're going to have to work together, and, and that, that might be the positive coming out of this for hockey is that maybe we get a, a better rapport, you know, in terms of working together. Um, the NFL and the vote was close with the players. This was not a 80-20 vote. This was like a 55%, 45% vote. But they did extend the CBA to 2030. Now, the NHL's has been continued to 2022. Would now be the opportunity to perhaps look at a, use this time wisely and extend the, uh, the current CBA between the players and the, uh, you know, and the league and, and maybe up to 2030 and, and, and map out a longer term plan? Well, I mean, I think, I think they're probably, I, I certainly can't speak for what Don's doing, you know, uh, 
specifically. I mean, I think they're probably in crisis mode, just trying to figure out the next step. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're talking constructively, I don't think there's any harm in projecting that out if, if you can get to common ground. You know, um, so it's just a balance of you know. There's obviously going to be some transition issues as we try to get back to normal, but at the same time, this new CBA is right around the corner too. So uh, I'm sure, like both the NHL and the PA have their eye on both those balls. And, um, you know, whether it turns into the same game, I guess, we'll wait and see. But uh, but I know, like I said, there's smart people doing this, so I'm sure they've got their eye on, on the longer term as well. We're joined by our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training and taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporations. He's got one of the largest uh, books of NHL players out there. Um Jerry, uh, I mean, we don't know where the AHL is going to be at from a developmental perspective. you got guys coming into the league, you know, on an ELC. Uh, my guess is they're going to make it official sometime in the next 48 to 72 hours that they're shutting the league down. But we might see uh, a 30-man roster for NHL purposes if we do indeed get started this year. But we don't know how the AHL is going to move working forward. And you mentioned the Bantam draft and the WHL. We're not 100% sure when they're going to fire that up either. I mean, the four Western Canadian provinces right now basically have under 7% of the COVID deaths in Canada. Okay. Um, But they've got American partners as well. Now, Washington, by all reports, has done a pretty good job in terms of after getting hammered initially of settling things down. Um, What sort of advice... Like you mentioned, you got you know a lot of WHL kids. I think you got Seth Jarvis for the draft this year. What kind of advice do you give those kids about? You know, can you give them any or or their families any about what might be happening moving forward? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Like I mean, I think I think to say like really two months ago we didn't even think that this was going to happen more or less. So I can only imagine in two more months we're going to be a lot further along. Um, right. So you know, and testing is a big deal. Like you know, from what you're hearing now, they're they're really close to having mass testing and testing kits available to people. And I think that'll go a long way because, again, I think uncertainty is the problem. Nobody knows. And so I think once you can start to test often and regularly and in groups and all sorts of stuff and monitor people, I think people will start to feel a lot better about it. And, uh, you know, at least it's a step forward. But but you're right. As you go down sort of the food chain in hockey, it gets more difficult. Like, you know, the junior teams are going to be, you know, they're predominantly ticket ticket revenue you know that's their that's their bread and butter um so yeah it's going to be difficult all around but uh but i do think like you know a month from now and two months from now we're going to be you know in a lot different space in terms of knowledge than we are right now yeah and that's uh that's one thing and we're seeing different sort of perspectives on how the situation with COVID 19 has been handled jerry one final one for you we mentioned seth jarvis we have the draft did you watch the nfl draft over the weekend I actually didn't watch it for some reason, but I heard a lot about it. I heard lots of people watch it, so I'm kind of excited if they do it on TV and have the players in their homes, and I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, well, and uh, it, now, would it? do you think it would be better for the NHL, even if we didn't know whether or not there'd be a conclusion of the NHL season, if they went ahead and did it in June, just because it maybe facilitates better, specifically with European players moving forward out of the draft? Well, I kind of, I kind of think there's no real reason we couldn't just hold the draft in June. I mean, sure, teams might move a couple spots here and there, but, 
I think historically, if you look at giraffes, I'm not sure that really matters. And, uh, you know, I think we should try to keep as much normal as we can, you know, because everything else is changing. So I, 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 I'm kind of a fan of, of keeping the draft in June if we can. Um, obviously, there might be other issues I'm not aware of. But, uh, but yeah, if we can keep some normalcy to this process, it wouldn't hurt. I know the kids would be excited to get it over with and have that experience. And I'm sure the scouting staffs are chomping at the bit, too, to get their players in the, in the fold here. So all things being equal, it would be nice to stick to the, stick to the schedule. Bottom line here, we're all going to have to, in the business, we're all going to have to work together moving forward out of this? 100%, Bob, yeah. And I think we are going to do that because I don't think we have any choice, which is a good good option, no choice. So let's work together and figure it out. Great stuff, Jerry. Hey, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Bob. You bet. From the Sports Corporation, representing the likes of Carey Price and Ryan Getzlaff and Milan Lucic and Colton Pareko and Brendan Gallagher. That is Jerry Johansson. Oh, yeah. He also has Sebastian Ajo. Pretty good player. Got him a pretty good deal, if I recall, this past summer. Uh, we'll uh, take a timeout. It is currently 121. Again, at 1.30 today, uh, we are going to take you to Environment and Parks Minister Jason Nixon, uh, joined by local and emergency officials to provide an update on the flooding situation in northern Alberta up in Fort McMurray. Uh, you're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.